It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it's an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a fantastic and amazing show. I'll introduce my guest very shortly, and we're going to have a lot of fun. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I usually do this every single week. The topic of associations comes a lot comes up a lot on this show, and rightfully so. In order to do what you dream of doing, you have to level up your connections and be around people who have done what you want to do people who think big and people who support your vision in some way or another. I've made a conscious effort to be around people who are like this in my life and it has changed everything for the better, not only in the last five years, but even in just the last 12 months alone. A big thinking person will never make fun of your dreams, but instead might ask you questions to help you clarify what you want and perhaps steer you in a direction to help you make that happen. Some people will clap when you win, others will be secretly happy when you fail. Know the difference and make every effort to be around those who lift you up and inspire you. You will be so glad you did. If you've not gotten my latest book, it's called The Greatest Lessons I Learned from Being an Entrepreneur, Volume 3. It's the third and final installment in the series, and it's on Amazon. I would be honored and grateful if you would pick that up and even leave a review. That would make me very happy. And You'll get a lot out of it, too. So I want to introduce my guest. This is, I believe, his fourth appearance on the show. Let's please welcome Jeremy Ryan Slate. Let me tell you about him. He is the founder of the Create Your Own Life podcast, which studies the highest performers in the world. He studied literature at Oxford University, specializes in using podcasting and new media to create celebrity, and was ranked number one in iTunes New and number 78 in the iTunes Top 100. He was named the number one podcast to listen to by Inc. Magazine in 2019, as well as being named a top influencer by Forbes. After his success in podcasting, he and his wife, Brielle, founded Command Your Brand to help entrepreneurs get their message out by appearing as guests on podcasts just like this. And he's also the author of the amazing book, Unremarkable to Extraordinary, Ignite Your Passion to Go from Passive Observer to Creator of Your Own Life. We have a lot to unwrap and unravel. So here we are with my very special guest, Jeremy Slate. How are you, Jeremy? Hey, man, I'm doing great. How about yourself today? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for coming back. We always have a fun time when we jam together. So we've been on each other's shows numerous times, and this is always a great time. So thank you for being here again. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, man. It's it's uh, it, it's an honor to have been here um, a lot more times than most, which I guess hopefully says something about uh, you know yep. what I'm able to do for your audience. So I, I definitely yep. appreciate it. Hey, you're very, very welcome. So did you envision early on in your life that you would be where you are now? I'm guessing the answer is probably no. <laughs> no, I I expected to be a, a, a tenured professor at a, a university somewhere in this country, and that's not exactly what happened. No, but you did teach for a little while. I did. Um, I taught high school, and um, interestingly enough, um, they stick in a room with 40 kids when you've never really done it before. Mm-hmm. and you have no classroom management skills, and I, I burned out really fast, man. Oh, I bet. I bet. In fact, when I was in college, I was on the track to teach high school, and then I realized 
early in my fourth year that I had enough credits to graduate that year instead of doing the whole student teaching thing and taking a fifth year. And so after many weeks of debate and consultations with people that I knew and people in my network, I finally decided to graduate during that fourth year without the whole high school component. And I went straight to graduate school because I wanted to teach in college where I knew people probably wanted to be there. Um, it's a different dynamic when you don't have to babysit people who are supposed to be there for sure. So what would you say is, was, has been your rock bottom defining moment? How'd you get out of it? Um, you know, frankly, I, I would say, um, gosh, cause I, I feel like there's been several, you know, I think that's yeah. the, the hardest part about it. Um, you know, there's, there's been, you know, when I switched to the company I'm at now, there's been when, you know, I, I really decided to do what I'm doing, but also at the same time, like, you know, things aren't always, um, as smooth as you like. And, you know, we had some major changes in, in this company last year. I don't know that it was a rock, rock bottom moment. Um, but for me, I, I, I guess it would be, um, you know, the transition between when we first started this company in 2016 and, and the company we have now, um, you know, we had a previous business partner and it was a really tough situation to be in because um, he, my wife and I and him were were partners. Um, and it's he, he, instead of allowing the money to be divided up a third, a third, a third, he said, well, you know, women don't really count. So you guys are each 25 percent and I'm 50 percent. Oh. And we were doing about 95 percent of all the work. And um, he was responsible for sales, which meant like, you know, sales came in when he worked. Sales didn't come in when he didn't work. And so, you know, he took a month vacation, which meant we still had to produce for clients and weren't making any money. Mm. Um, so like I wasn't paying my bills, but I was doing all this work. Yeah. So, you know, we were in a really, you know, tough situation and we had to say, okay, like, you know, can we build something better from here? And, and, you know, or is this the best we're going to do? And we just cut off our income line and just said, you know, let's screw it. Let's just figure out how to do it ourselves. And, you know, we, we kept the employees we had at that point in time and, and just kind of figured out how to transition from there but man let, let me tell you it's hard because you, you you take a look at you know are there greener pastures is there something better or is this the best i can do and frankly um you know the business we've built now i, I never could have built in that other model so sometimes you have to be willing to take that jump that's an amazing story and it's hard when you're yoked with someone unequally someone who has very different philosophies from you and isn't doing the work. I mean, it would make sense to me that if there were three of you that you would have split it equally, but people have different ideas, don't they? It's yeah, that's, it's the world we live in, man. It is. Yeah, it is the world we live in. And I think you all are better off on your own. Your your company has grown and thrived recently. I'm so proud of you. That's really great. So uh, when did you decide to become an entrepreneur? Frankly, it wasn't until I was in my mid twenties. Um, in in that point in time, I as I had mentioned, I was teaching high school, and um, my my mom had a really bad stroke, and it made me look at a lot of the things I was doing, and I'm like, you know, do I want to be an employee like this forever? Because I was working long hours, I wasn't very happy, things weren't going well, and it really made me look at like what I was doing and where I wanted to go, and and I will tell you. Um, it took a long time to kind of figure out, you know, what it was going to be because I didn't make a move right away. It took me a full year to actually make a move. And then I went through three years of different businesses till I found the one that was kind of the fit for me. Mm -hmm. So at the same time, you just, you never know, man. Yeah, I, I can certainly understand that. And it's so interesting because a lot of times we 
flounder and experiment with different career paths until we latch onto the thing that we're supposed to do. And then it's interesting that we look back and say, you know what, all these pieces actually did fit to where I am now. It's an interesting epiphany, isn't it? Yeah, it's because I think in, in that moment, it becomes very hard to decide if you're able to do it. But, um, you know, you have to kind of just make a move and, and have faith that it's going to work out. And I will tell you, um, sometimes it could take a long time to to feel good about that faith, but you have yeah. to just kind of just go for it sometimes. Yeah, yeah, for for sure. I can understand that. So what do you think it takes to be a successful entrepreneur? I mean, you've been doing this uh, for a bit and you've been through some ups and downs, but certainly there are lessons along the way that you've taken with you. You know, interestingly enough, I, I think uh, the big part about it, man, is is a willingness to continually improve yourself and continually work at it. Because I think a lot of people, you know, with all the conversations you've had, you've probably seen this. A lot of people want to be instantly successful. They want to yeah. see everything work out. They they want to do it quickly, um, which was one of the strangest things I saw when when I was in the network marketing world, which was one of my first businesses, is whenever you were recruiting somebody, they didn't want it to be a get rich quick scheme. But then once they started, they wanted it to be a get rich quick scheme. Right. So people have this this weird thing about wanting life to really kind of happen quickly. And frankly, it just comes from from grit, hard work, success and consistency. And I, I think people don't like to hear that because they want to hear there's kind of this magical path to success and whatever it may be. And frankly, it's it's keeping your head down. It's working. It's improving every day. It's showing up. And some people are going to do it faster. Some people are going to do it quicker um there there was a guy i don't know if you saw this um for the pittsburgh pirates yeah, and uh, he's been in the minor leagues for 13 years and he finally got up to the majors you know yeah. so he kept in for 13 years because he had a dream of getting to the major leagues yeah so i think we, we just never really know what it's going to take exactly so how do you create an environment conducive to being productive while you're working from home i mean covid changed a lot of things and yeah. some people like yourself you know worked from home anyway so how do you create that environment to where you can be productive? I imagine you have to set boundaries. Well, the the biggest part about it is, frankly, is my office and it, it it's changed more, not because of COVID, but because of having kids. My yeah. office was always in the house. So what we ended up doing um, is we did a full remodel on our garage and turned our garage into an office building. So then it's like when I'm in the office, I'm in the office. When I'm in the house, I'm in the house. So frankly, it was just having a separate space in order to work in. And, you know, as you said, like we've always been a virtual business. So like COVID didn't really matter. It was just the fact of, Hey, like, Hey, I got kids and they always want my attention now. So I had to figure out how to separate that. Absolutely. We've got a couple breaks to our first or a couple minutes to our first break. What do you think is the highest value skill that anyone can learn? You know, I don't know if it's the, the highest value skill, but I think the most important thing to have is consistency because if you're always, always, always showing up, you're going to outwork anybody that doesn't show up. That is the, the single biggest secret is learning how to be consistent. And frankly, if you can learn how to be, um, you know, kind of better like with your language skills and things like that, you're going to learn faster, which is going to help you. So I think if you focus on showing up in consistency and also focus on, you know, the ability to learn, you're going to see things start to work out for yourself. Oh, for sure. I, I can certainly appreciate that. So what do you think your big mission is? You know, my big mission is to is to help people that make a major impact to make a bigger impact, because as a person, I can only do so much. But if I help a lot of people that are, you know, each able to, to really do something, then that is how you, you kind of make an impact. I, I feel like so many times, um, you know, people are focused on like, well, I need to help thousands of people and say, like, all right, well, that, that's great. But what if I help the hundred right people that then each of them help thousands of people? So that's really what my goal is. 
Yeah, no, that's absolutely fantastic. In fact, you know, it's so interesting in the world of speaking, for example, people really want to speak in front of really big audiences. But you know what, if you're speaking to five or 10 people, and all of them are your ideal client, isn't that a better scenario? I think so. Yeah, but I, I will say it is fun to speak in front of a big audience. I can't I can't oh. complain. <laughs> oh, no, for sure. And I've, I've done that, too. And I really enjoy it. And I feed off that energy as well. At the end of the day, we're here to make an impact and to keep food on our table and to yes. not only survive, but to thrive. We're coming up against our first break. My guest is Jeremy Ryan Slate, and this is Success Profiles Radio. Stay with us. mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. It's Are you ever afraid to order something at a restaurant because you don't know how to pronounce it? Fox News reported that many people mispronounce common items while ordering. Some of those words that give people trouble are bruschetta, those yummy little slices of bread with chopped tomato, garlic, and olive oil. Chipotle, the pungent red pepper often pickled and eaten as an appetizer or added to meat and stews. Beignet, which is sort of a French donut. And believe it or not, there is no X in espresso. If you ever go into a restaurant and see Redonkadonk on the menu, that's a grilled burger with ham, bacon, cheese, egg, and spam inside two grilled cheese sandwiches made with extra thick Texas toast-style bread. Try it. It's delicious. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. We're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Jeremy Ryan Slate. And if you have not downloaded and subscribed to Success Profiles Radio on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, please do that. Leave a review. That would mean a lot. And we are getting a lot of traction on iTunes lately, so I'm thrilled about that for sure. So, Jeremy, let's talk about your book. It's called Unremarkable to Extraordinary, Ignite Your Passion to Go from Passive Observer to Creator of Your Own Life. Your publishing journey has been fascinating. I mean, you and I are friends, so I've watched all of this unfold and kind of felt, I really felt really bad for you that, that before you landed in your current situation. Tell us a little bit about uh, some of the drama that came with even launching this book in the first place. No, it was interesting because it was like, the way we launched it is we tried to do it as something that was like listener supported. So when I was even in the writing process, we did this whole um, like Kickstarter campaign. It wasn't Kickstarter, it was something like Kickstarter. 
to basically, you know, raise the money for the book and the editing and everything else. Because uh, in the editing, in the publishing world, you know, as much as I do, like when you go with one of the big publishers, you lose, a, you lose the rights to a lot of what you create. So for me, it was really important to work with a publisher where they would help you get in stores and get the reach and stuff like that. And But I would also own the content, right? Because I do speaking, I have a show, I do all these different things. So it's really important to me to own that content. So when you do something like that, you do have to pay a certain amount to be able to do that because you're basically licensing your own your own mm -hmm. content. Right. So we, we went through this whole process. We had the initial launch books we sent out to people. They really liked them. We got great feedback. And then last year was the day that Unremarkable to Extraordinary was launching. And then we had kind of this this nightmare of a, of a launch day where I had people reaching out to me at eight o'clock in the morning saying, wow, you know, your, your, your book is out of stock already. I'm like, oh my gosh, we must be like selling tens of thousands of copies. This is great. Right. By, by noon, I, I got a, a message on Amazon saying my book was out of print and I had been unable to reach the publisher. Like my phone calls went unanswered and I just didn't know what to do. Eventually, I got a hold of them the next day, and I found out they were winding down operations because they had some some financial troubles that had come up, and the business was shutting down. I'm like, I kind of wish I knew about that going into right. launching a book, and especially because we lost thousands of orders, man. Like, we lost yeah. thousands of orders of this book, and when you're working through, like, Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and stuff like that, you don't get people's contact information. You just nope. leave them disappointed. Yep. So we had all these burned people out there that basically were excited about the book. And I was kind of left in the situation, like, what do I do with this thing? Like, right. do, do I do anything with this book? And I ended up connecting with, um, Karen Anderson from Morgan James publishing. And I just told her the story and she's like, you know, I, I want to help you. So she got my book, um, to, uh, to David, who's the publisher at Morgan James publishing. Yep. He read it and he, he was like just blown away by it. Yeah. So they were like, we want to represent this book. We want to get it out there. And they really just were so awesome to like kind of just help us get it out there. And now, you know, we've just relaunched it a few weeks ago here in 2023. And it, it's been interesting because people are like, wait, didn't your book already come out? And because some people did get it if they had pre-ordered it. Mm -hmm. But we've the interesting thing is a lot of people that, you know, I didn't even know I was connected with on social networks and maybe I wasn't at the time and I am now we're, we're saying, oh, I just bought your book. It's great. So it's I think in, in, in hindsight, it's put us in a much better situation. And sometimes yeah. it's it's darker before the dawn. A lot of times, I think. Oh, for sure. And one of my books is also a Morgan James book. So I know exactly who you're talking about. And they were great to work with, for sure. I, I endorse fully endorse. Amazing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, my first success profile or success profiles conversations with High Achievers book was a Morgan James book back in 2018. So yeah. So tell us why you decided to write this in the first place. You know, um, because I, I, I it's I, I've described it as the personal development but personal development book for people that hate personal development. Yeah. Because I find that the industry. I don't know how to say this without being mean. Like it tends to prey on the hopes and dreams of people, but not actually give them what they need to succeed. Uh -huh. And I think it comes down to, you know, really helping people to, to build life skills, to build real things they can do. Because yes, like some of the things we're taught in personal development makes sense. Like having a good attitude is important, like in things like that. But at the mm -hmm. same time, like there's real skills that I've seen with the thousands of conversations of people with people I've had in my own podcast that people build. And, you know, one of those is, is being able to go through adversity and handle things and look at that for how can I grow through this? 
But at the same time, it's, you know, taking control of your education. It's understanding like what it really means to be an entrepreneur. So I think unless you're somebody that's really willing to go through the gauntlet, you're not going to be somebody willing to pick up this book. And that's okay because this is for people that really are, you know, willing to put in the work, really willing to, you know, not just look in the mirror five times and, and tell themselves they're going to be successful. It's, it's going to take some work, man. And, that, and that's the people I'm trying to reach. Yeah, for sure. So your book is called Unremarkable to Extraordinary. How do you find your extraordinary? <laughs> it's it's consistency, man. It really is yeah. about, you know, the, the, there's a bunch of tenets we go over in the book. And and what, the first is, is the idea of of adversity and how you yeah. approach it. So using it to for a growth moment, mm -hmm. uh, education, taking that and really saying, okay, how can I be responsible for my own education? Somebody else like looking at it like how can I create opportunities? How can I tell my own story? There's all these different components you have to be able to be willing to work through to find extraordinary. Because I think so many times people think it's one thing and it's not one thing. It's a it's it's all of these parts working together, all of these things being built on and really improving. And then the final one that I that I really cover in the book is a long conversation I had with uh, former CIA director David Petraeus. And mm -hmm. it's like, what does it mean to actually be a leader? Because I think a lot of times these ideas people have about leadership, you know, follow me because I'm the boss, follow me because I'm in charge. When really leadership is, is learning that each person has an individualized way they need to be spoken with and dealt with and handled. Mm -hmm. And when you that, you can learn how to lead some incredible people that will lead other people. And I think that's what it really comes down to. So when you can master all these components and bring them together and continually work on them, that's how you actually find your extraordinary. It's not it's not a place you reach. It's not something you arrive at. It's a state you're continually working on every day. That's profound. I really, really like that a lot. And leadership really is about speaking to someone exactly where they're at because, I mean, think about it. If you tell a turtle to climb a tree and it fails, that doesn't mean the turtle is stupid. It just means that you're asking the turtle to do something it doesn't do. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So well, there, there's the old adage, there's the old adage of a, a post turtle. And then mm -hmm. it, it's, it's, a, it's a, a thing from Texas. And uh, you ever see a, a, kids would play a joke on a turtle and they put it up on a fence post and they'd be like, well, how'd that turtle get up there? You know, it didn't climb. It's a post, it's a post turtle. Mm -hmm. So it, you know, it just goes to your saying, man. Right. Exactly. One of the topics you talk about in your book is courage. So what does that mean to you? It means moving forward despite of you know things that may be uncomfortable for you in the moment or things that may be difficult or something that looks impossible so courage is the willingness to take that on and i think it's one of the biggest things lacking in our world right now there's aren't a lot of people that have courage whether it's you know having a an ability to stand up and talk about a political situation they don't like or being willing to have an uncomfortable conversation with their kids that they need to have or looking at something they need to handle in their business and saying, you know, this is going to be really hard. This is going to stink. I don't know if I'm going to come out the other side, but I'm going to go at this and try and fix it. So yeah. I think to me, that's what courage is. I think we have this idea because of books we've read and movies we've seen and things like that, that it's, you know, a guy with a helmet on and a machine gun in his hands running at a, at a beach towards a, a, a machine gun nest. And it's sure that is courage, but and then it's the ultimate level of it. But I think at the same time, there's a level of courage that each one of us can apply in our everyday life that is really what gets it done, man. Yeah. What is the most courageous thing you've done? I think it goes back to when you asked me, um, you know, what was 
um, my rock bottom moment. The cra- most yeah. courageous thing I've ever done is getting rid of what I thought was was good for something that was great. There's there's an awesome yeah. Jim Collins book about that, right? And I, I think right. sometimes you have to be willing to, you know, take a look at what you have and say, I can have better. And that takes mm-hmm. a lot of courage, man, because it's very hard to say, all right, I'm, I don't know how I'm going to make money because at that point in time, we were also in a, in a, in a non-compete. So I couldn't approach other people for business. I had right. to figure out like kind of how to work with that and everything. So there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of difficulty in that. And I think for me, that's the most courageous thing personally I've ever had to do. Is it the most courageous thing I would do in my life? You know, I'll, I'll be 36 in two, in two weeks, man. So I, I highly doubt it. I, I, I highly think there's going to be other things that I'm going to have to be more courageous about. Yeah, for sure. And we've got three minutes until our next break. Extraordinary people learn from failure, but a lot of people are afraid to fail. Why do you think that is? It's because of what we're taught in society. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, um, I I know we're a little bit apart in age, but I know like when I was a kid, like this whole thing started where, you know, everybody on your, your little league baseball team got a trophy and it was kind of like, but, but why we didn't win anything. Right. And, and I think that, it, that it's it's doing people a disservice. Mm-hmm. It's doing people a disservice to say, OK, well, you showed up and that's great. It's like, great. But but you didn't win. There's no real value in winning anymore. So I think that's the issue we have mm-hmm. is that people have to take a look at it and say, OK, well, I didn't win this time. How can I win next time? Because there's right. value in losing if you figure out how to take that and how to become better. If you, if you look at a, I'm a big baseball fan yeah. and uh, Garrett Cole last year he was trying to throw this new pitch. It was called a cutter. And uh, he couldn't couldn't make it better, couldn't make it better. People were hitting uh, hitting home runs on it, and he eventually realized, you know, I should just throw my fastball harder and stop throwing this cutter. So yeah. it's it's you have to learn from failure and be able to use it. But I think a lot of times we're taught like it's okay, victim, you're gonna be fine. Um, yeah. Here's your trophy, things will be cool, and we just can't teach people like that. No, no, I certainly understand that. I I really do not like the participation trophy generation. <laughs> I it, it, it's my generation, it, sadly. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I don't hate the people, but I just hate that philosophy because, I mean, if you're not being excellent, then don't reward it because you reward what you expect, and so if you're rewarding that thing, that means that you're expecting more of it. And no, no, let's not reward that at all. We've got less than two minutes until our break. What does it mean to take radical responsibility? It means, you know, being willing to be responsible for those things that, um, you know, most people would say, oh, well, this just happened to me. And what do I mean by that? It's, you know, like making sure your company has enough reserves, making sure that um, you are, you know, not saying, oh, it's just the economy and you're figuring out how to work around it. So it's like, looking at anything and saying, I always have some sort of a, a cause point in that, or I always have something I can do about that. Because I think often we look at it, and we say, oh, well, I failed, whatever it may be. So it's looking at any situation and saying, you know, what could I have done better? Or what could I have done differently to come out of this? Mm-hmm. And not just saying, oh, it's the situation, there's nothing we can do about it. To me, that's what radical responsibility is. And we're coming up against our next break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Once again, my special guest is Jeremy Ryan Slate. His book is called Unremarkable to Extraordinary. We have a lot to talk about when we come back. Please stay with us. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. 
Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Jeremy Ryan Slate, and his book is called Unremarkable to Extraordinary. And if you have not subscribed to Ultimate Achievers Magazine, please do that. Go to ultimateachieversmagazine.com. The new issue is going to be coming out in just a couple weeks, and I cannot wait for you to read and subscribe. That would mean a lot if you would like to do that. If you were a subscriber and you read one issue a week, it would take you well over a year to read all the content on that site. So there's a lot going on there. You want to check it out. Ultimateachieversmagazine.com. So Jeremy, extraordinary people also create opportunities, whereas a lot of people just look for them. So how do you create an opportunity instead of waiting around for something? Well, I think it's 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 a vision thing, right? It's how you approach things. And it, there's a story somebody had told me a number of years ago, and I can't remember who it was, so I feel bad. But he was talking about being um, – they had went out to like a buffet, yeah. and he, he was in line, and he's watching, and he's saying, ooh, that could be done better, and that could be done better, and that could yeah. be done better, and that could be done better. And then he ended up making a business off of that. So I think that there's so that there's, there's options everywhere instead of saying, you know, um, you know, nobody will hire me or there's no opportunities. It's like, well, then find it. Find how to be different. Find how to yeah. look at what's out there and see what you can be different from it. Not looking at like what's going to be given to me. It's like what can I create, right? It's yeah. it's so interesting because I feel like so much of what we talked about today, it's a viewpoint thing. It's like looking at being how can I be cause versus how am I effect, right? Like effect is things just happen to you, happen to you, happen to you. Where you're looking at like cause, it's like what can I do? What can I create? Where can I go? So I think that's a really important viewpoint. Yeah, for sure. So how do you figure out what your story is? It's being real, man. And I think I, I one of the it's the the problems I've seen, you probably observe this too, man, because we mm-hmm. we've we've been we've been around the block a bit here. Yeah. And I think there's so many people that are focused on I have to learn how to tell my story perfectly. So I'm gonna go to seminars to learn how to tell my story story perfectly. And what it is, it's about being real with who you are mm-hmm. and realizing what value is there in my story of helping the people I want to help with what I do now, right? Because I think sometimes people tell their story and they'll tell their entire story. 
And it's to the point of, okay, I can see that, but it doesn't show me how what you're doing now ties into what you do. So I think you have to look at how does what I do now tie into the story I'm telling and how is it real to what I'm doing? Because people embellish or they look at like, how can I write marketing copy around this or, mm-hmm. or do whatever, but be real, man, be a person. I think that is the single biggest thing because being real is what communicates because it creates reality with people and reality is understanding. Absolutely. So what do you think is the secret to building relationships with influential people? Oh, that's a tough one, man. I think it's, it comes, it comes down to the idea of being real again. Yeah. It's, it's this idea of, you know, being honest with where you are in your level of development, you know, at the same time, I don't know how to describe this, but like you ever meet people that brush people off. Yep. It's not treating people that way, right? Like it's even though you're maybe at different levels of success or maybe whatever it may be, it's granting them a little bit of your attention in a nice Mm -hmm. way. Yeah. And I, I think that's a really big thing because how you carry yourself like that is going to be how other people see you because you can only keep up a charade so long. Yeah. So it's being a real person and really caring about others and, and, you know, kind of being a good person in every situation. That's it's it, as, as crazy as it is, that's a simplicity of, of how you connect with, you know, people that are high achievers, because at the same time, those people don't have time for people that waste time, people that are a pain in the butt and other things. So it's being a real person and being helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Core values is a, a topic that does come up on this show. And I find that the most successful people I've talked to have a very clear set of core values. What core values do you operate your life or your business around? For me, yeah. honestly, it's, that's interesting. It's, it's, I'd have to say it's around the idea of when you, when you look at it, right. And in business in life, whatever, there's, there's different types of exchange, mm-hmm. you know, like when you're selling a product, that's exchange. When you're giving somebody something that that's exchange, you know, there, there's, there's different types. There's the idea of ripoff exchange. So that's like, like if, if I give you something and it's worth so much less than what you paid for, well, that's a ripoff. Mm-hmm. There's, if I give you something and it's equal to, to what you gave me, well, that's equal exchange, but there's a, in a level of exchange above that. Right. And that's where I give you way more than what you paid for or way more than, than what you've done for me. And that's called exchange and abundance. And when, when I, you look at it, that's how we try to operate is how can we exchange an abundance in every single thing we do in business relationships in personal relationships. And I think when you do that, you attract a lot of the the best people to you because you're exchanging abundance. I would say that's our main, our main core, um, you know, core tenant. And I'd say as well, another big thing is I really value people that are competent and what I, because that's something that, you know, whether they don't have the training yet and maybe they will, or, um, they, they don't have some of the skills I want them to have, but if there's somebody that's competent, that -hmm. means they can make sound decisions. They can figure things out. They work hard to skill to build it. So that's something we really value is competence because yeah. competence is actually where real confidence should come from, right? The more mm-hmm. confident you are, the more confident you're going to become in your abilities. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk about Command Your Brand. This is your baby. How did you decide to start it? Man, um, <laughs> you're hitting me with all the hard ones today, man. Hmm. Um, how, how did I decide to start it is, is for me um, – you know, as I mentioned, we started our original business is called Get Featured Media, and yeah. people had come to us really looking for help. 
and saying like, hey, how can you help me or, or, or how can you help me to do what you've done in the podcast world? And we originally started doing it as um, building podcasts for people. And you know as much as I do, like that's a lot of work, man. And to, to maintain that, um, even from the perspective of like someone just hosting it, it's a lot of work to be able to, to be willing to do that all the time. And so not everybody's willing to. And so then we focused on like, well, how can we help people to use the power of podcasting, but not have to run one? And being a host myself, I wanted to make sure that those people are actually really good guests. So we ran that business for a little bit and it you know, didn't end up working out. After about nine months, we, we split off and Command Your Brand was born in uh, early 2017. And uh, we've just continued to try and get better and better and better at it. And we really are trying to help founders and CEOs to, to make a bigger impact out there and to, and to really uh, make this world a better place because that's what it's all about. Absolutely. What do you think it means to command your brand? I think it means to, to totally take responsibility for it, to not wait for things to happen to you, to go out there and, you know, become the source. And I think that's the biggest thing that, um, that's the biggest thing that I think people need to realize when it comes to telling their story is you need to become the source. And people that command their brand are people that fill the vacuum. They're, they're people that talk about their brand, that get their brand out there, that educate on their brand. And a lot of times people are waiting for someone to come find them or someone else's opinion to get out there. And you know if it's bad, then they have to handle it. So, so people that command your brand are causative in terms of how they communicate about their brand and their message. Yeah, I, I love that. So what differentiates command your brand from big PR firms that are out there? Oh gosh, man. Um, even there's so many different things. Like the, the the first, I would say a lot of times a PR firm is going to charge you a massive monthly retainer and you may or may not get something. That's one part of it. True. The other part of it is, you know, we really value podcasting because I think, and a lot of traditional PR firms are dealing with traditional media that in my opinion is dead, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's TV or radio, um, you know, we just saw, uh, Tucker Carlson left Fox News. Their 8 p.m. hour is down by 70% since he left. And yep. I think he's going to start a podcast and it's going to be bigger than Rogan. So I mm -hmm. think when you look at it, this is where media is going. And I think it's the, the best place to be. It's the freest place to be. And it's where you can actually have these long-form conversations. You know, you and I are going to be chatting for somewhere around an hour today. Yeah. You can't do that on TV. You know, if a no. guest shows up, he's there for three minutes. They ask him two questions where he doesn't really get to expand on them. And that's the end of it. Yeah. Podcasting is just this. It's a media we've never had before. And I think traditional media is just really struggling to understand it. And traditional PR is struggling to, uh, to understand it. So that's right. why how we're different. Absolutely. Let's talk about properly pitching yourself to be on a show. Both of us receive a lot of pitches. Many of them are terrible. So yes. how, how, what, what makes a terrible pitch and what makes a really great pitch? So a really good pitch, uh, you should first of all, greet the person by the wrong name. Um, use someone else's show name when you're greeting them and tell them mm -hmm. you're a big fan. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that is <laughs> right. the opposite of what you want to do. Like, like it's, it's interesting. Cause I use Jeremy Ryan slate in a lot of my online stuff. Um, not because like, I like hearing three names or I'm egotistical or whatever it may be but literally because my parents named me after someone else. So it became hard to get found in Google. So I'll get like these pitch emails that say like, Hey Ryan, mm -hmm. I would love to be on the solopreneur hour. And I'll be like, sure. Me too, man. That's a great show. So like at, at the same time, like <laughs> you, you know who you're talking to know why you're talking to them. And 
one of the things that's a really big annoyance for me is I'm a big fan of your show because yeah. usually they aren't and they go right into pitching me a guest that is not in alignment at all with, with what I want to talk about. So I, I would say that's a ter the terrible thing to do. To yeah. me, the best way to pitch, um, follow a show on social media, engage mm -hmm. with it, like their content, learn about their content. Because then you're actually going to be able to speak to what that show wants to talk about. You're going to be able to connect with that audience the way they want to be connected with. And you're actually going to have some appreciation for that show's content, not just treat it as kind of a your next one-off where you're going to do that and run to something else. You know what I mean? I feel like there's yeah. so many people that like they're trying to just add another podcast to their belt rather than see how they can do something new. Right. And I would like to add to that, if you really are a big fan of my show and you're pitching me, Tell me about an episode that you really liked and what you learned from it. Even better yet, write a five-star review and mean it. Not a generic, oh, he's got a great show. But what did you get out of it? I mean, that's how you prove that you are actually a true fan of a show that you're pitching. So I know I appreciate that a lot. We've got less than two minutes until our final break. How do you make the most from a podcast appearance? Figure out what to do with it, man. And and I think that's the, the biggest thing that, um, you know, that, that's the biggest thing that we have to take a look at because it, when you look at it, it's, you know, people look at a podcast for what's going to happen to me from this podcast, but it's like, mm -hmm. how can I use this to create more content? How can I do more with this? How can I get out there? How can I make an impact? Where can I share this in social media? I, I think so many times people look at it as the show is published. What did I get? Here we go. But instead, it's like, what can I do with this? What more impact can I make? How can I use it in my email marketing? How can I use it in other promotion? And I think that's the biggest thing we have to take a look at. Absolutely. We are coming up against our break. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Jeremy Ryan Slate, and his book is called Unremarkable to Extraordinary. We've got a lot of things to talk about when we return from the break, and I can't wait to see you on the other side. We've learned a lot so far. And let's learn some more. We're going to talk about how to create celebrity when we come back from the break. And that is really important because if you are perceived as a celebrity, you have a lot of latitude to do what you want. And we'll come right back. mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Have 
you've heard about the studies suggesting that when men meet fair-haired females, they actually experience a blonde moment of their own. Apparently, a man's scalaptitude drops because they believe they're dealing with someone less intelligent. I'm not making this up. Researchers have a name for it. It's called the bimbo delusion. Of course, the image of the dizzy blonde came into being in the 1925 movie Gentlemen Prefer Blonde, starring Marilyn Monroe. It's been reported Miss Monroe actually had a high IQ, which would make her an aristophren. I imagine a lot of blondes enjoy playing the part of the faux naif. That's a person who pretends to be dumber than they are. Statistics reveal that men who are millionaires actually prefer brunettes. Personally, I think it's great being a blonde. With such low expectations, it's easy to surprise people. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my new app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. Down the stretch we come. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Jeremy Ryan Slate. His book is called Unremarkable to Extraordinary. Get that on Amazon right now. It's a fantastic book. So let's talk about the biggest mistakes that podcast guests make while they're actually on the show. What are some, <laughs> are some days for you? Oh, that's a good one. Um, yeah. Showing up and calling the host the wrong name. Oh, that's a good one. I feel like we should have sound effects after each one of these, like a like a like a like a nightly show. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Um, what's another one? Um, calling the show the wrong name, right? That, oh that's, gosh, that, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, showing up without a microphone of any sort, where it sounds like they're in the back cave yelling. That's, yeah, that's, that's an interesting one. Yeah. Um, their dog shows up. Yep, that's a good one. Yep. Um. They talk too much and don't let the host talk. Yes. They don't talk enough, and the host doesn't know what to do with the airtime. <laughs> right. I've had both of those things happen. <laughs> oh, am I missing anything? Um, what else? What else do they do? One um, time, one time I had a guest. One time I had a guest who sat out on his porch, and I heard the loud traffic going by. Ouch. And after the first break, I said, "Can you please go back inside the house?" Oh, uh, my family's inside the house. Uh, oh, oh, here's a good one. Here's a good yeah. one. I had 45 minutes with the guest booked and they show up five minutes late and tell me they have a hard out in 15 minutes. And I say, I have a cancellation right now then. Wow. <laughs> good for you. It's like, I, this is a 45 minute show. I can't have you late and then tell me it's 15 minutes. My audience expects better. Yeah. I had a guest recently whose neighbor was doing construction, so we heard a table saw, and we decided to just postpone the taping. It was not live. We taped it, and we found a way to tape it later, and it was a brilliant show. But, yeah, I mean, things come up. I get that. But, yeah, when you're just oblivious to the mm-hmm. fact that you really need to be in a quiet area, yeah, that, that's that's a hard one to grasp. It's like, But they have you, tools for that, too. Like, like um, I'm using it right now on, on this on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, it's called crisp.ai. I've used it for like three years. It's a background yeah. sound filter. It blocks out everything. That's amazing. I love that. So let's talk about the topic that I really want to explore. How do you create celebrity in your niche? Finding one topic and going deep on it. I find a lot of times, especially in entrepreneur world, people want to talk about absolutely everything, but it's finding the thing you're an expert at 
and becoming the go-to expert at that because that's how you actually become a celebrity is by what you've done, your knowledge, and your what your ability is to do with it. So to me, that that's how you really do it. I think a lot of times people think, okay, well, I need you know this social media followers, so we're going to go out and buy some of those. I need this number of podcast listeners, so we're going to go out and buy some of those. Oh, it's time to launch my best-selling book, so let's do that. It's about no, it's find something, go deep on it, become the expert on it, and those things will come in time if they're needed, right? Like yeah. not everybody needs to write a book. Some people really do. Not everybody needs to have a podcast. Some people really do. You need to find out what's right for you and what's going to be good for your area of genius. And it's it's really kind of getting out there and creating. Yeah. And I would imagine that coming from a place of authenticity is a great way to do that, too, because we all know celebrities that get famous for doing stuff that are pretty unremarkable, like sitting in a house all summer long <laughs> or going out on the road with their best friend and playing the part of, let's just say, the dumb blonde. I mean, and I'm talking about someone like Paris Hilton, for example, who is not as dumb as she acts on television, by the way. But uh, you're you're playing a part. And when people figure out that you're just playing a part, it falls apart eventually, doesn't it? It does, man, because you at some point in time, somebody's going to see you somewhere not being who you actually are. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. The internet is very quick to find those things. And it's unforgiving. Yes. <laughs> very unforgiving. I, I love that. So let's talk about your philosophy of hiring because you have a team now. Do you, are you the kind of person that likes to sit on an applicant and do your research first? Or are you are you quick to hire? What is your philosophy of hiring and how do you know if someone is right for you? Uh I scour social media yeah. and um, with each resume within two or three minutes of looking at them on Facebook or Instagram or one of the other platforms, you're going to learn if this person deserves a conversation because social media is gold when you're hiring because oh, yeah. that's kind of the first step with me is, is I want to see like, is this person even kind of worthy to, to be talked to um, yeah. from there? The next thing we do, is um, there? There's a company application, and we also do um, like testing, so it can kind of tell us people's strengths and weaknesses and stuff like that. After we do all that, we then decide if they get an interview. Yeah. And and once we have that interview, we go through then a second interview and we decide who we want to hire. So we actually have a very long hiring process. Yeah. But that's how I'm able to find people that I really really like, and yeah. a lot of those people have been with me for a long time because we're very specific. And, yeah. you know, if you're scary on social media, like you're not even getting through that first kind of door opening to you. No. And occasionally people do slip under our radar and they turn out not to be the right hire anyway. So are you pretty quick to pull the hook? In terms of what? Letting them go. Or do you give them a second and third chance? So we try to handle it in the right way because you yeah. find that sometimes like people may be stuck on misunderstood words. They may be sure. trained a different way. So the first thing we try to do is kind of we call it, uh, you know, training before you hit. And if it's not handled in training and if you're not following orders, then we will kind of show you the door. But I think yeah. a lot of times people kind of jump too fast to the sword before yeah. figuring out, like, does this person just need some more help or training or do they not understand something or whatever it may be? Yeah, for sure. Tell us about some of your favorite productivity tips, because you get a lot during, done during the course of the day. The biggest one is is handling myself first. And what, what I mean by that is I, I run first thing in the morning. I'm lifting first thing in the morning, you know, my cold shower and all that and, and coffee early. 
So handling all that stuff early gets me in a good position to be able to perform. And then, you know, going through the day, um, I will say since I'm wearing more hats right now than I usually wear, I'm not as productive as I would like to be. Yeah. Um, but it's trying to focus on like, <clears throat> if I'm saying, if I'm saying like, you know, I'm working on sales right now, we'll work, work on that from just, you know, 10 to noon. If I'm working on something related to marketing, work on that from one to three or things like that. Mm -hmm. So it's really making sure I'm doing what I'm doing when I'm doing it. And I think that's the, the most vital thing to be looking at. Absolutely. How do you know what to say yes or no to? It's the simplicity of like, is this a hell yes for me or a hell no for me? Because if I have to like really make myself want to look at it or look into it, then that means I really don't want to do it. And yeah. I think you've probably found as much as I have, like when you're trying to push yourself to, you know, do things that aren't a good opportunity for you or that aren't the right opportunity for you, like, you know, maybe we don't work hard enough or, or we don't position ourselves well. So like it, it has to be like, is it a hell yes or a hell no? Right. For sure. For sure. Gratitude is a huge topic on this show. How important has that been for you? It's something I've had to get better at. And, and I'll be I'll be 100 percent honest with you, because I'm somebody that I always want more. So I'm never quite happy with where I'm at. And that can make life a little hard sometimes. Yeah. So I, I've been trying to be better with with being more grateful for the process and also where I'm at and the things around me. But I am somebody that that's actually something I've had to work on a lot because I am often like, well, I want to be here and I'm not there yet. And you look at it and you're like, wow, look what you've done. And, you know, look yeah. where you've gotten to. But it's like, yeah, but it's not there. Yeah. So I, I, I am constantly trying to improve on that. That's actually the one thing I think I'm worst at, frankly. <laughs> I can certainly appreciate that. What has surprised you about entrepreneurship? That it's so hard. You know what I mean? I think that's the biggest thing is, is a lot of times when we first get out, we're like, well, I'm the boss now and, you know, I'm going to take off today or I'm going to give myself a raise and to actually be good at it and to actually do a good job and to actually make an impact. It's really hard work and the, and it doesn't end. I think that's the biggest thing people think is like when I get to this position, like, you know, I'll just be in that position. It'll be great because you know what? You're looking for your next game. Then entrepreneurs are always looking for what is the next game? What is the next thing I'm doing? What is the next thing I'm building? And I think we can actually, we can also make it harder on ourselves because of that. Yeah, for sure. What advice do you have for entrepreneurs who might be struggling right now? Well, I would say first they should read my book, but I would say, I would yes. say really it's about, it's not going to be this hard forever if you put in the work now. Right. And, and I, 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 I'm not going to lie to you and say like, it's going to be a year or six months or two years or whatever it may be. I don't know what your particular situation is, mm -hmm. but I can say, if you show up every day, if you improve every day, if you work hard every day, something will turn around for you at some point. I just can't tell you when that's going to be. Exactly. What is the most influential book you think you've ever read? Uh, the 10x rule by Grant Cardone. It really made me look at a lot of things differently because I came from that teaching world, man. Like, where if I tried to sell to one person, they told me no. That was sad. Yeah. And it it takes a lot more effort than that to get anything done. Oh, absolutely. That's a great book. In fact, I have that on audio too. Hearing it in his voice is a different experience for sure. Yeah. No. It's it's. I think the book wouldn't be worth it, frankly, without him reading it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Not for that sure. there's not good things in it, but I think it's that much better because he's reading it. For sure. We got less than three minutes until the end. What is the scariest thing you've ever done? Scariest thing I've ever done. Um, I don't I don't think it's that scary, but in in Mexico a couple of years ago, we did this thing called it's it's a cave. They call it a cenote. Mm -hmm. And you dive into this, you you jump like 
50 feet into this indoor like um like water pool that's like a natural water pool and uh that those couple seconds in air in the air you highly regret it before you hit the water oh gosh for sure (laughs) oh my gosh yeah that does sound scary so we get to the question that i ask everyone at the end who inspires and motivates you jeremy tom brady um you know i know he's retired and everything but i think he is the ultimate example of how you just take hard work and hard work can make you the best because wasn't the tallest he wasn't the quickest he wasn't the fastest and have the biggest arm but he will outwork anybody oh yeah that is absolutely the case so how do we find you how do we get a hold of you how do we try with you and vibe with you so if they want to grab my new book it's over at getextraordinarybook.com. if they want to check me out on the uh, personal brand side of things it's over at jeremyryanslate.com and if they're looking to really make an impact on the right podcast they can check us out at commandyourbrand.com I recommend that you really should do that because he and his team will get you on some really great shows like this one and like a bunch of others. Any final thoughts before we part ways today? I would just say that people should make sure they subscribe to the show and they should make sure they leave you a review because that's what helps you to grow and helps you to climb the charts. And I think that's the biggest thing they could they could do if they really love this podcast. Absolutely. Jeremy, thank you so much for being here. You were a phenomenal guest once again, and I cannot wait to jam with you again somewhere down the line. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for having me. All right. And thanks to all of you for listening. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Join us every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, where I interview another world-class achiever, learn what they did, what they overcame, and the lessons we can learn along the way. Thanks for joining us. Take care. See you next week. I can't wait to have you back. We'll be back next week. Success Profiles Radio. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. We'll have guests that will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. If you've ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living, then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join us again next week for more Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright.